0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Talk NFT, where we talk all things Web3. I am really excited to talk to Nahar Nilakanti today, who is the co-founder of Ecosapiens, a Web3 platform that enables anyone to take action against climate change with NFTs. Uh, welcome, Nahar. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm really excited about this topic because I was born and raised in California. We're a very green state, and you know I'm sure that there, there's a lot you can tell us about your initiative.
1: But before we do that, you know, to give us a little bit about your background and how you got into Web3 in the first place. No, totally. So I, like you, I grew up in California, except I grew up in the southern part in San Diego. And, nice. you know, I, um, you know, growing up, actually, I have vivid memories of uh, actually running away from wildfires. Um, uh-huh. I have like really, well, I mean, you know, in Southern California, it's like a part of life. And sorry, this is like a side note, but you know, I'm calling in from New York right now, and we had the the whole smoke. Um, oh, right, right, York, right. And um, that was actually very frequent if you grew up in Southern California, and it's been increasingly more frequent. Um, but, anyways, back to the story. I yeah, grew up in San Diego, went to college in L.A., went to USC, um, and then found myself in venture capital. Which, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, I work. You know, I found myself in finance essentially for seven years, and worked at the coffin fellows and then found myself at a venture fund called Menlo ventures namesake is Menlo park, obviously. Sure. (laughs) Uh, you know, up in the Bay area. And in 2020, I was in San Francisco during the wildfire season in in the fall. And remember waking up uh, to the very same orange skies, you know, growing up in San Diego. And it was like the first time, you know, that I saw that since I was a kid. And for me, it was like visceral shock. Right. To, um, I think for me it was like, hey, I'm in San Francisco, work at a fantastic venture fund, surrounded by really brilliant people. Um, you know what? What can I really do to make a difference on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was a little bit of a, a, an irony, right? Once again, to be in Silicon Valley and be surrounded by all these br- brilliant people, and just like couldn't find any good products out there that could make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, if you think about it, to live a sustainable and eco-friendly life, oftentimes it means spending more money, (laughs) Hmm. Uh, you know, like going to farmers markets, uh, wearing sustainable clothing, etc. It's it's oftentimes more expensive, which is inaccessible to most people. Uh, The other thing is that oftentimes it requires like a lifestyle change. Right. So, um, you know, I live over on Union Street in Cow Hollow in San Francisco. And to go to the office in Fidai, it's a series of like hills. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to go bike there, that would mean I'd get to the office sweaty and um, I'd rather I'm not going to do that. Like, who's going to do that? You mm-hmm. know, um, it would, it's, it's too much of a lifestyle change. And sort of the third ingredient, um, the third thing I was thinking about was that uh, the best climate conscious brands out there, they oftentimes portray climate through the light of signaling and through social and community, um, as opposed to like, it being an altruistic thing. So think Patagon, you a Tesla, right? As a mm-hmm. byproduct, they do good things for the planet, but that's not natively, um, you know, why they exist for consumers mm-hmm. they, because it's cool and it does the job better. Um, so to answer your question, it was, uh, it was sort of like a personal realization and motivation to, you know, want, my, I myself wanted to do more in climate change and climate tech and uh, you know, founded Sapiens essentially as a company that builds products to help everyday people uh, live sustainable. That's like why we exist. And um, if you look at those core ingredients that I said, like oftentimes climate action is more expensive. It, re- it, um, it oftentimes requires a lifestyle change. And if you wanna do it correctly, it has to be a virtue signal or it has to be a form of social currency. Uh, If you flip it around and say we have to make climate action easy, economical, and engaging, you look at those ingredients, a lot of those exist in NFTs, right? Mm -hmm. So that was sort of the birth of the idea that what if we took ecological assets, right? For example, uh, like reforestation or soil regeneration. What if we brought them on on chain, but disguised them as digital art? You Mm -hmm. know, would that be an interesting way to create a product that enabled consumers to, you know, buy a digital good that saves the world? Right. And um, that's what we do at EcoSapien. So we're the home of uh, we're the pioneer in digital art that offsets your carbon footprint. Wow.
0: That's a yeah. That, yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Definitely. You know what you have expertise in what works within, you know, the green space or what's not working, actually, uh, and trying to repackage that for the average layperson today. Because, you know, even living in California, where we have a lot of habits that are through You know the municipalities where you know you have well, I wouldn't say you have to compost or, but it's there. The option is there when you go to other states. It's not even there. Uh, So there's a lot of problems that we don't know what we don't know, and I think that you have something that can help us learn. You know, within Web three, also underneath Ecosapiens. So yeah, tell us a little bit about how you're doing that because I think a lot of people. Did either turn a blind eye or, you know, they're just unaware. Uh, I use my wife as an example. I recruited her from Boston. She's from the East Coast. Like, they don't compost over there. So, coming here, she's only been here for, like, three years. But just seeing the recycling and the composting and I'm doing it consistently is something I innately know. But most people, you know, when you talk about your journey into, you know, just being socially conscious, a lot of people... Don't even know what you're talking about so how big is like how how do we approach that like like you mentioned it's it's harder for companies to kind of be like a green company first like you mentioned and then bring product afterwards so i'm i'm, I'm asking you a big question here you know how do we right. save the planet how to make it easy oh, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um well we obviously we have to like reforest the whole world and we have to stop using oil and gas and we have to you know degrow or whatever right um no <laughs> it, it, <laughs> There's a whole degrow movement, by the way, that I'm just not a believer in. And, that, you know, like, we can't go back in time. Um, at a really high level, I fundamentally believe that everyone on the planet, uh, every human on the planet cares for Mother Earth, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only planet home we've ever mm-hmm. known, uh, literally. And I, the, the core issue is really that people, as you were just saying, Joe, is like people are unaware Mm-hmm. is one issue the second issue is that it's inaccessible right so if you have if composting units are you know in, on every block in every neighborhood then you're it's just going to be a lot easier for you to go drop off like food scraps right and yeah. that's what like uh recycling has done essentially if you think about it like recycling is actually a really easy way for you you know like you don't think about it your taxpayer dollars go towards the system that you know picks up your um you know your trash and your recycling and you don't think about it you just throw it in right. there obviously there's issues with recycling that, you know, we don't yeah. have to go into. Um, but I personally think of recycling as like a form of virtue, virtue signal, right? It's like, you, you know, you buy, uh, you know, aluminum cans and yeah, it's recyclable and you throw it in the recycle bin, but it like oftentimes doesn't happen on the back end. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not really traceable, but it, it, for you, it's easy. That's why you do it. It's just accessible. Um, and so like the, those are sort of the ingredients. Um, if you can actually make it make it like one click easy, and if you make uh, climate action cool and engaging like part of culture, I think you actually get ways for people to you know make a difference. Because like I said earlier, innately, we as humans do care about the planet. Uh, we just have to build infrastructure and tooling and products that make it easy, economical and engaging. That's sort of like the thesis. Um, the way an eco sapien works is this. So uh, there are things obviously called carbon credits out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's like all sorts of dictionary ways to describe carbon credits, and that's like a whole conversation on its own. But the way I'll explain it is, this is an asset uh, whose value comes from either not creating carbon, right? So, like if you're a factory, like Tesla, for example, yeah. that's completely run on renewable on energy, renewable energy. It's not emitt- they're not actually not. A- Tesla factories are not emitting uh, carbon into the air. By the way, as a result, you can get issued carbon uh, a carbon credit for that. The other way you can get issued a carbon credit is if you're in the business of actually taking carbon out of the air and putting it into the ground, and that's either through direct air carbon capture, which like you hear about, like with Bill Gates and Climeworks and stuff, or it's, or it's through soil regeneration, reforestation, um, even kelp, uh, even growing kelp in the ocean, right? Because these oh, nice. are natural ways of capturing carbon. So when you buy an EcoSapien, um, it is a unique piece of digital art that my co-founder is like the creative director behind it. What happens on the back end is, and this is all on ERC20 uh, on the Ethereum blockchain, the moment you hit Mint, what's happening is uh, your cap, uh, the money that you're investing in buying the Ecosapien, the funds from that purchase are actually going through our API bridge uh, off chain to a carbon brokerage and is financing soil regeneration uh, in Kenya currently. Hmm. And that then brings a callback to the smart contract and then attaches those credits to the actual NFT. So this isn't um, an NFT that's a charity where you're you know, donating. Actually, we're bridging a re- carbon is a real world asset, right? It's a commodity. We're actually bridging a real world asset on chain to this NFT. But we're just making it attractive for you to buy it as a form of digital art that you can put on your wall. It's like one of those things where it's like. Oh, and by the way, it comes with uh, over 28 tons of carbon, which is uh, almost double your personal carbon footprint for the year. So if you actually buy one of her pieces of art, it actually offsets your entire 2023 uh, in carbon footprint. Wow. So that is actually
0: something that I, I didn't even know how to quantitate how much carbon I, I put out or consume. Is that everything like food, transportation? I mean, how does one, is that from the government? Where does that number come from?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, the Nature uh, uh, Conservatory actually has done quite a few studies on okay. uh, American carbon footprint. You can actually Google it. There's several studies out there. Sure, sure. It's the average American emits about 13 tons of carbon per year. Wow. Um, look, if you're you know flying more often or going on vacations or you eat more red meat, for example, your carbon footprint is going to be higher, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why we just said, okay, let's just make it 28 tons, which is almost double the typical Americans. Mm -hmm. And so for the vast majority of people out there, if you buy an EcoSapien, you know, it offsets every single, you know, it offsets your whole year, right? Like all your Mm -hmm. flights, your purchases, your electricity consumption, your meat consumption, the whole thing. And that's what I mean by making it one click easy, right? It has to be easy, economical and engaging to make a difference. And I think this is a really unique product that... um, you know, enables you to make a really big difference, offset your whole carbon footprint with just a piece of digital art.
0: Absolutely, that sounds super simple for someone like me who just wants to make a difference. I've been 99% vegan for the last six years. I don't know the impact that it's making, but to your point, I travel a lot. So I'm not offsetting that by, being. well, I guess I am kind of offsetting that by being vegan, but to have one click and can do that for not only this year, but maybe for the rest of my life, would make me feel a lot better. When I hear tons of carbon, I didn't, I can't, can I even imagine or phantom how mu- how much carbon I'm putting out and what that means to the planet? Is yeah. it, is there a way that you can help people visualize like how bad that is? Uh, yeah. The, the consumption so, of just one person of, of that carbon
1: output. Yeah. So if you think about a minivan, you know, like a Toyota Sienna minivan or. Oh man. Uh, Love those. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're soon to be a dad. You'll know. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, that's that's visually what about one ton of carbon looks like. Hmm. So if the typical American is 13 tons of carbon, like think about 13 minivans wow. of just like solid, like solid rock carbon. Hmm. That is your carbon footprint, actually. <laughs> hmm. uh, and it's a lot if you think about it. So you actually have to take 13 tons and like store and sequester it in, you know, trees or soil, um, you know, directly underground. And so uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. And we, we don't think about it, right? It's like you yeah. take the train on the subway in New York and that still causes carbon, right? Um, like living emits carbon. Like just that's just a nature of the beast. Um, but the cool thing is, yeah, like there are ways to, 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 to make a difference and put that back in the ground. And, and you're seeing, um, you know, more and more ways uh, that I think scale. I think this is one of the more scalable ways. Like you can compost every single day and you still won't be removing you know, tons of carbon, right. It's, it's just Mm -hmm. not possible. Um, and so actually buying like nature-based assets like this in a really easy Mm -hmm. composable way, actually, I think could be a really scalable way of making a really large impact in an easy way. Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: I heard, you know, another company doing this and this is web two where they're, they, they, I think they give you a title and they plant a tree uh, in Ireland or some, something like that. So this is kind of like the web three version of that where it, you know, you can see that uh, the, the contribution that you made on the blockchain.
1: Yeah. So I think there's two things. One is, um, we, there are quite a few of these, like, you know, buy this NFT and we'll donate to like a specific charity. Um, we're dealing with like carbon credits, which is a real commodity and it's a real world asset, right? And those, you know, that real-world asset has like lots of different agencies that monitor and track like their progress and things like that. The cool thing about the blockchain, unlike Web two methods, is um, mm-hmm. that you can actually trace uh, your impact and you can see where it's going and you can monitor it over a period of time. So, like the best way I can think about the two examples is, you know, imagine if you're in a grocery store like a Whole Foods or a Safeway or something, and at mm-hmm. the checkout line they say, "Hey, you want to round up your, you know, right. your grocery bill." do plant trees in, you know, uh, Northern California. Yeah. And you're like, okay, sure. Cause it's a dollar, but I don't really know where this is going. Um, I don't know if anything's really happening, but you might do it just cause, you know, it's like the holiday time or whatever you might do it. Um, but there's no way for you to know later, like what's happening to that dollar. Right. Whereas in our product, um, you know, through our system, you actually see exactly where your money's going. You see the flow of funds you see the project, you see the carbon credit itself, we give you like the receipt of the carbon credit, and you can track sort of the progress of that uh, project over time. Um, And so this is all, and I think it's actually uniquely enabled by the blockchain. I think think this is blockchain is one of the great use cases for bringing transparency transparency to uh, impact as a whole.
0: Yeah, I hear stories of a lot of philanthropic companies not using the funds appropriately. So definitely, being able to just get something, even if it was like the roundup thing, they're like, "Oh, you know, if you if you did roundup and we gave you an NFT to kind of verify that, that make me feel a lot better about doing the roundup all the time. Maybe it will get there one day." Um, and just to touch about touch upon the the credits itself, yeah, I, there's a, there's a whole ecosystem there that'll probably take two hours of the podcast, but we're not going to dive into that. And I read somewhere where you know companies obviously want to be green friendly. They they can purchase these credits. Is there tax benefits to these giant corporations, and is there any for like the individuals like me and you?
1: Yeah, so there are ways for companies to get tax credits for carbon credits. This is true. Um, unfortunately, it's not true for consumers today. Um, but there are there are there are several people that are working on solutions to make it. Um, you know, uh, tax uh, to give tax breaks to consumers. Um, but you know, today it's, it's so the tax, so the carbon credits themselves would have to be purchased through a, a nonprofit, um, in order for you to be able to claim that they're, you know, that you donated uh, money that you, so that you can get the tax break. Right. And of okay. that's, that's sort of the core issue, but there are people working on solutions to bring carbon credits to consumers in a nonprofit way. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic it'll happen pretty soon, actually.
0: And and I also read that the supply, uh, I'm sorry, the demand outweighs the supply heavily. I mean, that seems kind of weird, right? Like we have this big problem, but we have huge demand, but we cannot supply it. And where's the bottleneck
1: there? So there's basically two converging trends. So um, when carbon credits were invented, it's been about 25 years since the carbon market was first sort of invented, by the way. It's actually a young market. It's not like Mm. it's been there you know, for for 200 years of industrial, you know, history. Um, And if you think about the way carbon credits, the way uh, to price a carbon credit, um, it's changed dramatically. So 20 years ago, if you wanted to figure out how much carbon was in a forest and what Mm -hmm. the value of preserving the forest Mm -hmm. is, you would actually have to send people out to that forest with tape to get diameter measures of trees, (laughs) you know? And then you'd have to use a model to figure out how many trees there were in the whole space. And then even then... You'd have to send people out every year on a yearly basis to see how much it grew or how much it shrunk, right? And if you think about the cost in doing that, it's enormous. Mm -hmm. As a result, no one did it. Um, So that's like one element is that it's historically been hard to measure, uh, verify, and report on carbon credits. That's what they call MRV. At the same time, what you've seen is that in the last 20 years, the voluntary demand for carbon credits has skyrocketed. So there are companies like Microsoft, Stripe, Google, Netflix, if you think about it, they all buy carbon credits. Um, They're not required to buy carbon credits by the government, right? Heavy industries are. Why are they buying carbon credits? It's because they all want to be seen as an eco, like a world positive company, which for them affects their revenue. They think that having that image um, actually positively impacts their ability to do business and to attract talent at their companies. And so they're buying uh, lots of carbon credits, mm-hmm. right? And so that's actually what's driven up the demand. So you have like a lot of demand now for carbon credits that still have, you know, slightly old age ways of doing, of create, of of going uh, of undergoing MRV for these carbon credits. And so you have, like now there's new technology. Um, so now you have like drones with like LiDAR technology and like real time wow. satellite imagery plus artificial intelligence that's able to rapidly, you know, determine the cost of carbon, uh, or sorry, determine like the value of, you know, uh, carbon sinks and things like that. And that's changed a lot. So you're seeing more and more supply come onto the market, but the demand for it is just, you know, it's multiples what the availability is. And so that's the reason why you're seeing carbon, uh, multiply dramatically in price.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I'm not attuned to the pricing of it. I was just curious if with all, all this big demand, um, if we're able to move the needle, let's say we supply out of demand right now, like, is that going to help us in any way in terms of climate change?
1: Yeah. Um, well, was also related to pricing. So people think that uh, so the price per ton of carbon today is about like it's between 60 and 80 dollars. That's about what it is today. Uh, a lot of people believe that if it gets to 200 dollars per ton, which it's trending in that direction, then that actually makes large scale carbon capture a really attractive, like, industry, because mm. um, at two hundred dollars a ton, then you have like, you know, companies that are pulling carbon out of the air using fans, for example. Then those business models start to become way more economically viable, and way more scalable. So I can see a world where there's like a trillion dollar industry in just carbon capture, um, and it mm-hmm. is related to like price being a certain, you know, reaching a certain economic attractiveness point. Um, I don't know if I answered your question exactly, but I think you did. I think for the listeners is just how they quantify it. And
0: I think Elon Musk gave, gave a good example. He went on to, I think it was shareholders meeting and he said about 10, 20 trillion dollars in the entire world is what's needed today to bring us to like net zero in terms yeah. of, you know, carbon output. And I thought that I, I found that fascinating. So I, it kind of goes along the line of what you're saying. If this becomes a trillion dollar, you know, investable vehicle that we can really solve some issues here and. And they were asking Elon the same question, like, well, why don't we just do it now? And it's just hard to sequester all these, you know, governments and, and countries to yeah. really put out the 30 trillion that's needed or 20 trillion, whatever the number was that Elon was saying to, you know, build those wind tunnels, build those greenhouse um, uh, battery uh, uh, plants and whatnot. So, yeah, I think I, I hope we get that. I hope you get there. I hope Ecosapiens helps us get there. Cause it sounds like we are sort of moving in the right direction, even though the new generation thinks it's hopeless like i just watched an obama talk yesterday of how you know we're trending in the wrong direction obviously but it's but we have to do something because you know it's just going to get worse um but i i think that projects like yourself really help us to one learn and and uh something that i read on your website was impact to earn i mean that's a new one we always you know we see so many different things in web3 uh but yeah maybe you can just tell us about that impact to earn
1: yeah no it's it's at a high level impact to earn, is just this this inquiry we had, which is, is there an incentive structure we can create using blockchain and NFTs to uh, enable consumers to make repeated impact? So not like the one-time donation or the one-time, you know, mm. uh, a year that you do choose to make a difference and donate or whatever. Is there a way to get like a repeatability, re- like get, you know, uh, empower users to repeatedly make uh, positive um you know, like world positive behaviors like compost more, for example, or like world positive transactions. And so the idea for that was that, you know, with our collectible with our initial uh, collectible offering, the incentive structure was the more carbon you sequestered, um, the more your eco sapien grew, and the more unique traits and rarities it would attain. And so it was this kind of this experiment in like, okay, you have your main, you know, you have your main character, and it's relatively simple, but in order to get it to be this like really cool, interesting character, you actually had to invest more carbon into it. And mm-hmm. uh, that was the experiment we ran, and I think it, you know it did really well. There were quite a few people that you know showed up every week on the week to infuse more carbon because it's like, hey, I want the next trait, I want the next you know element of this thing. And so there was gamification to it. But I think this thesis of impact to earn, I think it exists you know beyond obviously this creative lens. It's like. I've been thinking about how you can use tokenomics to incentivize people to, um, you know, make like sustainable purchases on the internet, right? Are there a way we can use tokens to uh, help you uh, reduce your red meat consumption, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe there's a way for that. And I think tokenomics um, can be really interesting in that lens.
0: Definitely. I personally haven't seen something that I utilize in the Web3 as of today in terms of tokens um, on a on a daily, not even a daily basis, maybe a quarterly basis, but I, I believe there's a use case for it. 100. Uh, percent I, I have redeemed a ton of you know good benefits from tokens just um uh, repeatedly. I haven't seen. I mean, it's it's new, right? The use case for it's only it's only been NFTs. 2020 is when everyone started looking at it. Uh, but I think to your point, there is something to really attract the layperson to not only Web three, but to help with climate change and uh, uh give back. On repetitive nature, just like you mentioned, I for one would love to do that. You know, for myself, my wife, and my my, my future kid, you know, just knowing you know, how much 13 Toyota Siennas of carbon that we're putting out there, I would like to kind of wheel that back for karma purposes. And I think uh something that I love about Web3 is having just, you know, even though I'm not an owner, let's say, but just having some ownership. That's what all Web3 is about, right? Being being able to read, write, and own, right? And I like, what you, I like what I'm seeing in terms of Ecosapien. I, I, and maybe we could do something more, or, or you, I'm sorry, we, uh, I'm already, I'm talking like I'm part of the company. But uh, something that's gotten me really active in Web3 is just voting mechanisms, like, to be honest, like DAO. So I see that you're working on a climate, DAO. And, and for me, being part of projects, when i able to have a vote and able to maybe to um, propose something, um, it actually makes me feel a part of that company and its journey. And of course, if I buy for this mission. Can you tell us a little bit about you know climate DAO and maybe some thoughts? Uh, um, yeah, what you're thinking
1: about there. So we have like we have like an informal DAO right now in a sense that if you own an Ecosapien and you've fully invested carbon into it, um, we do give you a preview into like a roadmap or a product strategy. Uh, it's almost like you're in the boardroom with us, right? We try to mm-hmm. we try to create that experience for people that have shown proof of uh, proof of impact in in a, in a sense, right? Um, the climate DAO that I've articulated, like in our white paper, we're still a long ways away from that. But the original idea was that, um, what if it was like an investment DAO that, hmm. you know, pulled together capital for the specific yes. intent of, um, you know, supporting initiatives in the real world that make our world better. So, you know, wow. if we have like a treasury of like $10 million, right. And I'm just making this up and just you know coming up with numbers, but, um, you know, there's a hurricane in, um, near the East coast, right. Or some, some part of the world and and the group together could vote and say, Hey, we're going to send like 5% of the treasury there. Right. Or, Hey, maybe we need to invest some of this into like an endowment that gets us X, Y, Z returns so that we can continue to grow a climate fund. Maybe we can do that. So for me, the thinking on the climate DAO was really that it would be, uh, uh, like an investment, uh, or an activist, uh, fund. Right. So We want to support some type of activist cause. Like everyone in the DAO could now like raise their hand and say, "Yeah, we're going to go send some people to to protest." um, You know, like this, whatever. Uh, And that was the thinking about it, right? It's like using blockchain, the DAO structure, uh, to to, with capital to empower the group to make a a, a real world change, which is kind of you know really uh, interesting.
0: Yeah, I found DAOs very useful actually, and actually moves the needle for some projects, you know, the one that bought a soccer team in Europe and Noun's DAO has been the most amazing one. $53 million. It just came out of a movie. And I think the way they're launching is very unique. One a day. I think that's something that Ecosapiens, easily big companies would would purchase. Uh, I'm just really excited about all the possibilities that, you know, um, having a DAO, would, would empower i would love to be a part of that oh let's buy a hectare of forest and uh, something that i could actually see and be a part of right versus you we donate a lot of money but you just never know where it goes like you said you don't know how tall your tree goes <laughs> you know it's just, it, it's tough to um i wouldn't say tough but like you said when we want people to come back you know to help change the climate um i'm excited to think you know things that eco sapien can definitely help improve upon and what and what's not working in the web 2 land
1: I'm, I'm super excited about the future of, of uh, you know, DAOs and blockchain and NFTs and climate action. I'm, I'm very excited about it.
0: Also, I know, I know we cover a lot today, but I guess we can wrap it. With, I mean, we could talk for days because, you know, we're both from Cali. I was born and raised in California, so I can talk about sustainable energy, climate change for days. But yeah, tell us what's next. I read Metaverse. I saw EcoCards, I saw Climate Art. I mean, there's a lot of things that
1: you guys are working on. So,
0: yeah, what, what's next yeah. for you guys?
1: So EcoSapiens, um, like I said earlier, our mission is to just build products that give everyday people a way to make a difference on the planet. Um, what we are doing and what we're leaning into is um, we're just the home of digital goods that sequester carbon. Mm-hmm. And that form factor of that digital good and the form of impact can keep changing. It's kind of, you know, kind of visualized like a game screen where you're picking different digital goods, pairing it with different types of impact. But we're just the center uh, you know, of gravity for, um, you know, Digital art that that makes it a little better, and so we have um, you know other drops planned. Um, at various different price points, various different characters in our universe. We have some collaborations uh, in the works with also some exciting, uh, both impact groups but also other folks in, in the NFT space. And then we're actually uh, you know working on um, you know our corporate product, which will be kind of like a different segment. Mm-hmm. Um, that we'll, you know, we have a pilot, uh, that we'll be, you know, be, we'll be able to announce uh, pretty soon, actually. So, um, you know, core idea and I've, I've written about this is, 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 is making corporate collectibles. Uh, so, you know, commissioning pieces for companies, actually mm-hmm. carbon art pieces for companies. So it's going to be interesting. I can't type, talk too much about that right now, but, okay. um, you know, if you look at the kind of way we're going, it's like more consumer drops and more enterprise uh, partnerships and, and, uh, enterprise product. And it all ties back to us just being the home of digital goods that save the planet.
0: That, that's amazing. H- how do we help you right now? Um, does I imagine buying on a secondary
1: doesn't help. Do we mint an EcoSapien or do we just buy it on a secondary market? So you can actually, for our alpha collection, you can actually go to OpenSea and look up EcoSapien's Ecogenesis collection. You can pick up a Chrysalis, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's just the, um, it has no rarities. It's kind of like the, he- the egg, so to speak. Mm. uh you can buy one and you can go back to ecosapiens.xyz to our platform log in and then you can actually infuse it with carbon and you know uh, turn it into a real ecosapien so you can actually still do that today um the other way to plug in which you know if you without needing to uh, infuse carbon or mm. uh, you know buy an nfc just be a part of our community it's a totally open community uh, follow us on, um, you know, our Twitter, which is at EcoSapiens XYZ on our Instagram, which is at EcoSapiens and, um, you know, on our Discord, which you can find on our website and those channels as well. Um, you can also just say hi to me, honestly. Absolutely. But I'm going to tell
0: people to buy an NFT and infuse carbon because that's what yeah. I'm going to do for myself. Uh, and I, because, you know, this is a real problem. This is a, a really meaningful project, uh, might I add, and definitely I wish all the best for you guys in the next coming months uh, navigating the space. I know you guys would grow so much, so I'm super excited to have you on and to have you on in the future to talk about, you know, the progress is, that'll be an amazing. I'll make sure to put the links for everything that we just talked about down below so people can find you, connect with you, the community, and also get an Ecosapien NFT for sure. Awesome, Nahar. It's Def, it was amazing having you on and uh, we look forward to next time you come back on. Thanks
1: for having me on, Joan. I'm looking forward to, to seeing your Ecosapien. Awesome. Five, five.